The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. In case you're keeping count, I think we're up to about episode number 22 in the series that's been going on since late last year. So today's focus is startups and consumer products. What about them? Fresh technology, better solutions. And I have to say, if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. So stick with us for the next hour. Let's get started. have a little story to tell you here. Your shoppers, you know you're buying stuff all the time, whether you're in an enterprise, whether you're in management, whether you're just a person with a budget and you want to go out and buy stuff. Well, let's talk about the state of consumer buying today. When deciding which products are worthy of their hard-earned purchasing dollars, more and more shoppers than ever before are looking past just the price and just the features. Why? They're now looking for companies they can trust, and companies in particular with a social and environmental conscience. Ooh, that's interesting. So what does this mean for tech-savvy startups who are eager to break into the consumer products market? I think it means the door is opening wide for exciting opportunities. For what? To offer buyers new and better choices, to give them great experience, because that's what it's all about is great experiences, and turn these consumers into loyal fans. Exciting opportunities await. I have a panel of three experts who are going to address this with a, a range of interesting topics within our topic today of consumer products. Let's get started. I'd like to introduce my first panelist today. His name is Kai Yeshke. I'll even spell that for you, J-E-S-C-H-K-E. It's Yeshke. He's a business angel and a shareholder for Green Nature Lab, GmbH, substitute or abbreviated as GNL, and they developed the solution called My Spot world. Put that all together, one word, my spot world. Let me read you a quote Kai sent me, and then we'll hear from Kai. He says, humankind will only survive in the future if it acts sustainably. Now, that's the conscience I was talking about. He says, only companies who act sustainably will be accepted by their customers. Kai Yeshke, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. How are you today? Thank you very much for the introduction. I'm very fine. And uh, yes, I uh, just want to step in in the first step. That means uh, what I what I want to tell with humankind will only survive if the future uh, in the future if it is sustainable. So that means everybody knows about de- deforestation, CO2 pollution, monocultures. Mm-hmm. So these are all topics where people are afraid of that. By the way. The World Forest Foundation has calculated that if 
20 million hectares are reforested every year. This could, mm-hmm. for example, stop climate change. Wow. 20 million hectares, this is 28 square meters for every single person. So this is the first part of my quote. And now we are coming to that step that only companies who act sustainable will be accepted by their, by their customers. That means, and this is a calculation uh, from Interbrand, that even today, after 10% of a purchasing decision is based on the sustainable impact on a product. A lot of companies in Germany, even in the U.S. or in Brazil, uh, or have already programs to protect the environment. For if they spend a square meter per product uh, for an advertising or something like that. But do these companies have the capability to transfer this to the sustainable engagement to the consumers? This is this is the question, and I think if a company can create or can is capable to. Um, Transfer this in this engagement to the consumer with every purchase, with every in- interaction. This is this is something uh, which can uh, give a great market uh, or increase of market share for every um, company. And my sport world, the target of my sport world is to help companies to do exactly this. So this is a marketing initiative. For example, if you buy a product and uh, you can uh, spend uh, some money for that to protect a, spe- a piece of square meter and um, uh, a consumer, for example, for a consumer, it's a game. He can collect the square meters. He can really drill down in Google Maps to see where his, is his square hmm. meter. And this is some kind of emotional binding between yes. the company and the consumer, far beyond of the single purchase of a product. And this is the target of my sport world. And uh, if everybody acts in this way, at the end of the year, you can, as a consumer, can see what is your environmental impact of your consume. And this is a, this is the target of my sport world. Very interesting, Kai, and I love the way you introduce the concept of an emotional bond between the consumer and the company. I mentioned in my introduction trustworthy companies, social conscience, environmental conscience, but I didn't mention what happens on the other side and the emotional bond. Very interesting. That's going to be one of our themes running through the rest of the show. I'll be talking with our other panelists as well as with you about is what's in it for the consumer? Why do they care so much? What are they exactly looking for and what are new companies giving them. Thanks, Kai. Now, hang tight. I'm going to introduce our second panelist. It's Mike Bott, B-O-T-T. He is general manager of The Brandery, and we'll find out in a little while what they do. And Mike sent me a wonderful quote from Nelson Mandela. The quote is, there is no passion to be found playing small. In settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Perfect segue from what Kai was talking about. Mike Bott, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. So talk to me. Why did you pick this Nelson Mandela quote? What does it mean to you? And let's apply it to our topic. Go ahead. Sure. Well, the Mandela quote has been something that's always kind of stuck in the back of my head. It's, it's kind of an inspirational piece to me. Um, and I think it applies very well with you know, what startups are doing. I mean, these are people who are tra- trying to change the world. And it's about making an impact. It's not just going to their 9 to 5 and collecting their paycheck. A lot of times they're going through a lot of uh, a lot of 
pain just to, uh, to see if they can take that idea, that problem they see out there, and, uh, and bring it to life. And so, um, you know, I, I think Mandela, the, the reference of the quote was a little bit different, um, but it really is about doing what you can do to make the world a better place. And fundamentally, I think that's what, uh, what startups are about. And, um, you know, as you think through making that step, you know, every morning, are you waking up and, and doing something you love? And you know, what's getting you up in the morning? Is it the changing the world or is it just, um, you know, collecting that feature? Very, very interesting. You know what's getting me up on Thursdays, Mike Bod, is knowing that in the afternoon I'm going to be hosting Startup Focus with Game Changers and bringing people like you and Kai, and I'll introduce our third guest in a minute, because people need to know about this. They need to hear about this. They need to hear it in your own words. What's happening? Why do the startups care? Let me ask you that question before I introduce the third guest. Why do startups care? Are they a special breed? Are they drinking something special, eating something special? Not everybody is as invested in changing the world for a positive way. I, I know that probably sounds very negative, but I think it's true. So, Mike, where do you think this is? This a gene that startups have? Is this a genetic thing that they have that they will bring into future generations? What do you see? I, I think there's something to you know the makeup of the person. Uh, a lot of people refer to, oh, I got the entrepreneur bug, and, and I'm never going to be able to work for a big company again. I think there's just something, you know, whether whether it's you know. Your family member is entrepreneurial, your dad, your mom, um, your grandparents, whatever. I think there's just something to seeing people who aren't taking the easy path. And um, you know, a lot of times they don't think they're ever going to be able to get another job again, so they may as well just go, go do their second or third <laughs> or whatever problem they can come up with uh, because that's, that's what they think they have in front of them to, to solve today. Very interesting, very interesting. I would uh, hazard a guess that perhaps the consumers who are starting to be so aware of environmental issues and social issues and want to trust companies, they have a little bit of that. Maybe I can change the world by buying better stuff, stuff that is conscience-driven. Maybe that's where it comes from. So it sounds like a partnership. Thank you, Mike. We have a lot more to talk to you about during the show. And let me bring on our third panelist today. It's Dr. Ivan Markovic, M-A-R-K-O-V-I-C. He's a Ph.D. He's the founder of Health Games Incorporated, and their first product is named after the Italian word movimento. It uses wearable data to create unique social experiences for, wait for it, Fitness junkies, I know you're out there if you're a fitness junkie, so you're going to want to hear about this. Dr. Ivan Markovic sent me a very interesting quote. It's just four little words. Health is a game. Let's get into the game. Ivan Markovic, welcome. How are you today? Thank you. I'm great. Um, yeah, thank you for, for the introduction. Uh, with, with the quote itself, um, I meant that um, we need to change our perception of health, which is usually it's something uh, painful and unpleasant, into it's something that's fun. It's a game, and uh, it's a game in which you need to win. It's a game of life. And um, so what, what uh, brought me into this um, is the fact that... Um, Medicine uh, today, basically, in my opinion, primarily studies the wrong thing, which is the disease and not mm -hmm. the cause. Um, and the, the cause of actually many diseases can be mapped to only three things, which is inactivity, um, which uh, maps to roughly 20% of diseases, uh, bad food, to... Um, 20% of diseases and stress uh, maps to around 60% of diseases. So if we 
tackle these causes, uh, we are able to uh, prevent many of the diseases which are uh, yeah, an effect of, of these causes. So what, what we uh, came up with is um, we've noticed uh, this big shift with wearable technology that is happening right now and uh, after PC and the smartphone, it's, it's the third largest opportunity um, in the uh, com- computer science space. So we are um, using this new medium, uh, this, this um, technology that truly allows for humans to integrate technology into their lives and not the other way around, that we are trapped by our PCs or mm-hmm. um, in some cases also iPads and so on, but we are living our lives and using the small pieces of wearable technology as an enhancer, as a super pill that um, enables us to live better lives. And uh, we saw that with wearables and especially fitness trackers, which are exploding right now, mm-hmm. if you only attended the CES in Las Vegas earlier this year, you would have seen that um, mainly all consumer electronics manufacturers displayed their new either smartwatches or some kind of fitness trackers uh, that allow you to measure your steps, your miles, your calories, your sleep, and all these kind of things that basically helps you to quantify your habits and your daily life, so to say. Mm-hmm. And um, what's also interesting is that a lot of people um, are having troubles right now to embrace this new technology because it's it's new. It's as as every new technology, you know, it's it, it needs a push so that people can really embrace it. And that's what we focus on with with Movimento. We want to gamify the usage of variables so that it makes uh, more fun to use, a, let's say, a Fitbit bracelet or a Jawbone or Samsung or Apple, uh, whatever kind of device. Um, in a new way that you can compete in challenges with your friends and family, earn points, and unlock different rewards for your outdoor activities, whether it's just walking, running, uh, playing basketball, tennis, or whatever you prefer to do. We track all of those activities and give you points for those and... uh, make your experience outdoors much more fulfilling and fun. Thank you, Ivan. Very, very interesting. I'll ask you a quick question before we go back and have each of you take about one minute to tell us about your companies. When did they start and what was the gleam in the eye? But Ivan, I have to ask you, do you think you have that gene for wanting to change the world that we talked about with Mike Bott at the Brandery, read the Nelson Mandela quote? What do you feel, my Ivan? Do you wake up and you say, I'm going to change the world. This is my mission. This is my goal. Have you always been this way? Uh, well, I, I don't talk about this in, in that way. What, what I feel in the morning is uh, a lot of things about the world we live in are wrong. And uh, I just feel the urge to fix some of these. 
So that's basically how I wake up every morning, and uh, that's it. That's what I was looking for. That's how you wake up, and that's what I wanted to know, and that's what we're looking for. Thank you. Kai Yeshke, you've been waiting patiently. Why don't you give us a one-minute overview of Green Nature Lab? When did you start it? What is the mission, and how does it relate to waking up in the morning and want to change the world? Just tell people a little bit about your company, please. Yes, my sport world, uh, for example, is navigation, Mm -hmm. and that means my safe place of the world. Yes, Mm -hmm. and uh, of course... This is some kind of payback of the environment. Everything you purchase, something you get something uh, back, and and you can store, for example, square meters. The companies protect. For example, if you eat a chocolate bar and you scan the code on the on the chocolate bar, you get the information um, where it is grown. It's a sustainable forest. Maybe who is the farmer who harvested the cocoa bones for you? And this is something. Um, if I talk mm. to my children, they think this is very fancy because they learn now <laughs> in the school there is deforestation. They feel sad. And my son, for example, said, "Papa, if this is running, I will do the shopping for Mama every time to select the spot." <laughs> yes. And this is something what thrills me. Yes, of course. Of course it does. It's good for the whole family. Kai, when did this all start? How how old is My Spot World? Who started the idea for this solution? Uh, this idea started about, uh, I think, two years ago. Yes, and uh, we were talking about what we can do. And until we have a final solution, houses could like uh, or houses could run, it was about one year. And now we have the first customers in Waldorf. We have 16 customers in Waldorf who are running that. These are small shops. And now we are going to the, to the big ones uh, with really tracking down the whole supply chain for sustainable sourcing of chocolate, of coffee, and so on. So it's about two years we are working on this. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Mike Bott, why don't you tell us a little bit about the brandery? When was it started? What's your involvement? And what do you do? Sure. So the brandery was started a little over four years ago. Uh, I run the, uh, the day-to-day operations. I wasn't one of the original founders, but uh, three guys that came together to, to found the organization, um, they saw the landscape, the startup landscape across the country had this new interesting development. Uh, there, there had been incubators around for a long time, a place with resources where you know, passionate uh, people who were trying to change the world in some way could go and get some assistance. Um, and then there was this new model that had, had kind of come out of, uh, out of Mountain View, California, uh, Paul Graham and Y Combinator at this new model. They said, you know what, we're, we're dumping a lot of money into ideas and teams, and we don't know if they're any good. There's got to be a better way to do this. So this short-term, mentor-driven accelerator model was born, and um, Essentially, take, you take a, a group of entrepreneurs. Uh, we have 10 companies, typically. Uh, they could be anything from an idea on a napkin to a product in market with a little bit of revenue. And mm. we essentially push them as hard as we can push them over the course of four months uh, to build their company the right way. And, um, you know, why Cincinnati? We're based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, the, the rationale behind starting an accelerator in Cincinnati was well, let's leverage the strengths the Cincinnati region has. Uh, you know, one of the top design schools in the world is at University of Cincinnati. The discipline of brand management was invented at Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati. There are marketers everywhere, and we believe that uh, leveraging branding, marketing, design is going to make your product better. It's going to make your, your customers and consumers happier uh, and, and really 
give that startup an unfair advantage to succeed that they wouldn't have by doing it themselves in a, in a garage somewhere or in that guest bedroom uh, or going through another program somewhere else that has kind of a different focus on how they build their business. Mike, how do you find customers for the brandery? How do you reach out? What's, what's, your, what's your branding that you say to people, yeah, come on board, we'll help you? Um, mm-hmm. We do a few things. I mean, fortunately, we, uh, we were just uh, ranked again as a top 10 accelerator in the country. Uh, Congratulations. So inbound. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always kind of humbling to be um, you know, put in that elite status because there are probably about 500 accelerators across the country right now. Um, and so obviously that helps quite a bit, but uh, we leverage some channels where entrepreneurs are already. There are some platforms like AngelList, uh, there's another one uh, called F6S.com that a lot of a lot of startups will go to look for resources uh, to help them grow faster and better and and, uh, and more inexpensively. Um, and then we'll also use things like you know paid search or we'll leverage our mentor network. We have about 75 mentors all over the world um, who will say, hey, you need to talk to this this startup because I think they have potential. So we really try to. Um, find them. I mean, we only need to find 10 customers a year, which is kind of interesting. So, you know, I don't care if we only find 10 and they're all great, um, but um, it's really taking a a very uh, building block approach to finding those folks. Very interesting plan. Thanks for sharing that. And Dr. Ivan Markovic at Health Games, when did you found Health Games, Inc.? How long did it take you to develop Movimento? Go ahead, Ivan. Um, we founded um, Health Games uh, Incorporated last year, and uh, it's quite interesting how Movimento was developed because we um, we actually developed it through hackathons in Silicon Valley. Um, so we participated in uh, three hackathons in a time frame, I think, of uh, eight weeks, mm-hmm. and we won all of them, and we basically... Uh, developed a different part of Movimento at each of these hackathons. Mm. Um, and um, some of the participants were Facebook, uh, Google, and Twitter developers uh, that were doing some uh, weekend projects and so on, but uh, that didn't prevent a small startup to... Uh, <laughs> win uh, um, against the big name uh, developers and um, so we basically then when we saw you know when you're building a product in a startup you actually don't know what you're doing so you're like searching for things and uh, once we completed the third hackathon we saw that this is actually we now have a, a perfect vision of what we want to do, and we have all the building blocks we need. And then we decided to, to uh, form a company and uh, build uh, you know, a consumer product um, based on uh, what started as a, as a <laughs> discussion over beers in, in, uh, in just a bar in, in San Francisco. So. Uh, I think a lot of startups are born like this, um, where you just, you know, you just do what you feel um, to be done, and uh, when you feel this, uh, when it resonates with your emotions, then you know it's the right thing, and then you just grab it and you don't let it go. 
Ivan, thank you very much. That's great, and that goes along with our theme. Guess what? I'm going to give the three of you a break for about 90 seconds. I know it's not much, but I think you all need a sip of something. We've been doing a lot of talking. I'm speaking with Kai Yeshke of My Spot World, Mike Bott of The Brandery, exactly how it sounds, that's how it's spelled, and Dr. Ivan Markovic of Health Games and Movimento. When we come back, we're going to talk about what should startups leveraging all kinds of innovative new technology be looking for in terms of solutions to solve? Do they need to solve a real problem? Should they make up a problem? How serious do they have to get so they're not just playing house? I'll be asking Mike Bott at the Brandery to kick off that part of the roundtable. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. I will be back after the break. And our topic today is startups and consumer products. Fresh technology, better solutions, and I would add to that a social and environmental conscience with emotional bonding for the consumer. That's a long title. Now I need a break. Michael, take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are with some people in the know. We're talking with Kai Yeshke at Green Nature Lab, and he wants me to basically say he is my spot world. Very interesting solution we've talked a lot about. We'll hear more about it for the rest of the show. We're also speaking with Mike Bott, the general manager of The Brandery, an accelerator with a very high grade on their success, and Dr. Ivan Markovic, founder of Health Games, and their first product is Movimento, and I think we're going to Movimento a lot if we all get a hold of that one. So 
I'm going to kick off the roundtable. We're going to have about 25 minutes. No stopping, guys. Hope you have your seatbelts on. Uh, by the way, we are live tweeting with Tom Flanagan and SAP Radio at hashtag SAP Radio. So if you have anything to say about what our panelists are saying, we'd love to see your tweets there. Let's talk to Mike Bott. I have a couple of things you sent me, a couple of notes, Mike, and I'd like you to kick this off our roundtable. You say startups need to solve a real problem, not just craft an interesting solution. I think we'll put interesting in quotes. And then tagged on to that, we'll use your comment, too many startups just play house without real prospects of success. Mike, what do you observe from your vantage point at the Brandery? Talk to me. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the Brandery, like I said, we select about 10 companies a year. And you know, how that plays out in the recruiting phase is I, I probably vet about 1,000 applicants, about 1,000 startups every year. And the mm. one thing that, that um, I always really push on when someone starts to pitch me is, okay, what problem are you solving? Um, because, you know, if you think about all the apps you could download in the App Store, how many of them would you care about if they went away that next day? Uh, and that's kind of how I, how I frame it up. Because if you don't care if it's gone, then it's probably not solving some... Um, some huge need in your life, right, or see some huge problem in your life. And, um, you know, as a startup goes through the process of building something, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, heavy, especially in the, in the consumer Internet space, um, you know, they get really into the technology. Same thing with, uh, you know, we've had consumer products come through our, our program as well. Get really into the technology, the ins and outs, the filing, the provisional patents. Sometimes they lose track of really what they're solving, and, and they need to have that problem statement uh, kind of readily available, so they bounce off you know the progress of the day or the week or uh, strategy session uh, very 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 regularly. And what about playing house? How, how do you see that they're playing house? Yeah, so playing house. I mean, for some, I would call I call them entrepreneurs. Some people mm-hmm. who want to start their own business or they don't want to go get a real job. Um, you know, to them it's a game. Oh, let's see if we can raise a little round from. You know the three F's: friends, family, and fools. Or you know maybe we can mm-hmm. convince some you know some angel investor who's a little bit smarter, a little more sophisticated to buy into this thing I'm trying to build. But but they don't really they're not doing the things they need to do to build a business. You know is it still them and their one co-founder and they're working out of some shared space somewhere? Well, are they taking it seriously? Are they moving fast enough? Or are they just pretending like they're a startup founder? You know, um, and I think there's a, a real distinction, especially for folks in the startup space. You can see which entrepreneurs are, are, are legitimate, ones you want to emulate their behaviors, and which ones are just kind of going through the motions, and at some point they're going to have to go get a real job unless they get people to bankroll this kind of startup lifestyle they, <clears throat> they, they, they're living very interesting. I just want to hone in on one point, Mike, before I ask Ivan and Kai to chime in on this. When you say they need to start a real problem, that's very subjective, obviously. If I think, you know, if my viewpoint, if I've got blinders on and I'm looking at one portion of my life for me, my day, and I think there must be at least 10,000 other people who have this, and there aren't. To me, that would be a real problem. How much of the fail fast mentality, we talk about failing fast, helps a entrepreneur build something meaningful. Failing fast is figuring out it really is not viable. So how fast and how does a startup, especially in the consumer products field, very fast-paced, very aggressive, very competitive, I imagine global competition springing up all over the world at a, a, every second as we're speaking. So, Mike, how do they figure out as quickly as possible, as efficiently, 
this is just not a good idea. When does that light bulb go off, Mike? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interacting with consumers or potential consumers. And what we try to, to teach and preach is you don't necessarily need to build the whole ship. You know, you can, there are ways you can get some sort of directional data very inexpensively. You know, it can be things like, okay, I, you know, should my product have this feature or that feature? Well, do a Google paid search campaign. Spend 100 bucks and get feedback very quickly. What are people clicking on more than the other? Focus there. You know, they're, they're quick wins. You know, one of our entrepreneurs that went through our program is the CEO of Ahology, basically a tool for marketers to leverage Pinterest more effectively. Um, he has pivoted a couple times. He was working on ideas that just weren't big enough. And um, his first idea, he said, if I just built a website that said, I'll pay you $10 if you scan your receipt, I would have known that idea wasn't mm-hmm. good. And so it's little, th- little things. Ah. That, instead, he spent, you know, couple hundred grand trying to build something that he needed to shut down because there was no consumer demand. It wasn't solving a real problem, real pain point in people's lives. So what are those little things? Very interesting. What's that one bottleneck mm-hmm. that you can validate? Right. Thank you. And I, I like your introduction of that idea of I'll pay you $10 if you'll blank, blank, blank. Yes. I was just offered, what was it? Uh, I was just offered uh, a $5 Starbucks card if I'd fill out a survey. And you know what? That just doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm too busy to spend time on surveys telling people what they think they want to know about my lifestyle. No way. Okay. Let's turn to either Kai Yeshke or Dr. Ivan Markovic. Which one of you would like to take up this conversation where Mike was talking about solving a real problem and figuring out that real people need it solved. Ivan, Kai, who would like to jump in? I can, I can jump in, and, and, and this is especially... Go ahead, Kai. Uh, the problem where we see is uh, <clears throat> that, for example, uh, big, big companies try to get into this the sustainable part, but normally if they act sustainable, uh, this is lost in the sustainability report in the top side. We bring that to the consumer and how we build it up, what is the team to build it up. So it's always a question, who are the customers? And do the, the customers are big brands for us. The consumer is not, the consumer is not our customer. The brand mm-hmm. is our customer. The brand owner is our customer. And we have a team of, of, of different specialists. So we have some, some shareholders who are making forests. So we have the deep knowledge about that. Of course, uh, we have combined the, the sources. We have shareholders from Microsoft and we have shareholders from SAP. We are combining these both technologies, Microsoft and SAP, uh, because this is a big data challenge. Yes, and due to that, because we are using products of both, we can we can we can use the Salesforce of SAP as well as the Salesforce of Microsoft, and this. Helps, for example, a small company like like MySpotWord or GNL is um, that we have a sales force, um, which is quite viable. If they are talking to big customers, it's very helpful. For example, if uh, if they use the account management from SAP, because at the end of the day, every customer needs a piece of SAP, which is a HANA, and needs a piece of Microsoft in the Azure world. And this, is, this combination is very powerful, and this combination is also very powerful for the, con- for the consumer because his data are separated, some parts in Microsoft, some parts in, in SAP. And this is 
not only this is the second step, which is uh, I think very very important. We want to to increase the brand promise for a for for uh, for a big uh, CP customer that mm-hmm. needs, for example, that consumer data are protected. That data privacy is a very very important topic, and this is also something um, what we are taking into account. Thank you very much. And Ivan Markovic, why don't you chime in on this? What is your thought about solving that real problem? I know you've talked to us about Movimento, but let's go a little bit bigger uh, if you're going to plan to develop something else. How do you know, and how did you know this would really resonate? You said it's a slow pickup on this new technology, but it is gaining traction. What do you see? Yeah, so um, slow pickup, I mean... um uh, as every new technology, so it doesn't mean that it's not picking up. Actually, 10% of Americans have a sort of a wearable, so mm-hmm. that's a lot already. Um, and um, what we're um, what we saw is basically there's a problem not with getting a wearable, but with uh, using it a longer period of time as you use your iPhone or or a Mac, and um, clearly there, it's, it's like, you know, you came to a rock concert and there are only five people there, so it's like, I need to feel it's fun uh, before I step in and invest my time so that I'm sure that my time investment is right in, into this device. And we want to basically enable that. We want to even if it's only five people at the rock concert, you still feel like it's 5,000 people and there's Ramones playing and it's punk rock and it's fun and everyone is going crazy and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a time of your life. So it's all about perception and it's all about how you help people believe because a lot of people are simply skeptics. Um, so mm-hmm. that's what we do. We help people believe, and uh, because we really believe. <laughs> so sim- sim- simply said. And uh, how I basically the the, the previous question about uh, the problem itself. You know, I I really don't like these discussions. You know, do you are you solving the right thing? Is it a big enough problem? You know, I don't really care mm-hmm. about that. What I care about is. Two things. One is I need to know that I can make this a masterpiece. That means when I have this and I close my eyes and I feel the blood running through my wings and I feel my mm-hmm. heart beating, do I feel that this is the right thing for me to do for the next whatever amount of I don't care? I feel the blood running through my veins. If I feel my heart growing, if I feel warmth, then I say, yes, this is the right thing for me to do. And there's a second part, which is, um, as every entrepreneur has to think, want to, you know, only support his family with his business, or does he want to reach a billion people with his product? And that's a decision then that influences what thing 
going on. Entrepreneur, you have always have 1,000 ideas. Mm-hmm. And the second test, which is, you know, I want to make a small family business or I want to make, you know, the next Facebook or the next Google or the next Apple or whatever. Um, this is the filter that out of these 1,000 ideas gives you the one idea that can reach a billion people or more and you can make a great company out of it. Good. I I like that sifting. I like that filtering idea. I want to move. We're going to take a break in about six minutes. Before we do, I think we have enough time to really dive into the concept of how do you market your great idea. Ivan, Kai, and and our branding expert here, our marketing expert, Mike Bott at the Brandery. Mike, I'd like you again to kick this off, please. I have a couple of talking points from you here. You say, a new generation of marketers is being developed. And here's the, the, the key. The classical approach to marketing on TV and print is fundamentally being disrupted. Branding can fundamentally change a startup's prospects of success. Mike, at what point do you advise, as a startup accelerator, at what point do you advise your companies, your your clients, to start marketing? Do they do it while they're in early development? Do they do it in early beta? Do they do it in, okay, we're ready, we've got all the patents and all the approvals, and it's actually in the stores or it's on a website? At what point in that cycle do you say, now, open the floodgate of marketing. What do you say? Yeah, I think one of the things we try to encourage our companies to do is establish themselves as an expert. So, you know, with, with Ivan's business, he's establishing himself as an expert in this wearable technology space or how to be healthier. Um, and you can do that before your product's even built. You know, it's things like you know, thought leadership. Other people are reading about this, this company or this organization that's trying to establish themselves as, as an expert in you know, healthy lifestyles or it could be in the eyewear industry. We had a company come through in the eyewear industry recently. Um, it's all about getting your name out there and getting eyeballs coming to your site. So mm-hmm. people start following you because they say, you know what, um, this particular blog, they may not even know that it's a company. They may think this person knows what they're talking about in this space um, and build, they build up kind of a, a following uh, and then when the product's ready, they have people to tell immediately. They know they're interested in eyewear, for example, uh, and so they can kind of use them as their early adopters because they, they've already identified people with a passion for uh, their particular market they're going after. Uh, so we think it's important to do that early and often. I mean, a lot of times we think about a startup team, we usually have someone who can build the product and someone who can kind of be the business side of the house, you know, whether it's attracting talent or raising money or getting their first customers. Uh, that person needs to, to add value early and often just as well as the person building the product. Um, and so we think it's really important because, you know, you don't want to wait for, for your product to be built to tell people you have something or, or that you bring something to the table. Mike, we all know that a lot of products, especially those on Amazon, live and die by customer reviews. Mm-hmm. How do you get people to review an early cycle product like what we're talking about today, whether it's for corporations like uh, Kai Yeski's product, My Spot World, or whether it's for consumers like Movimento through Health Games mm-hmm. from the founder we're talking to, Dr. Ivan Markovic. How do you get those? Do you, do you pay people? Do you give out samples? I don't know what, I'm not going to get into the ethics or paying people to give reviews, but people 
People believe in what they read. They want to know who is using it and where are they and are they a reliable reviewer and and if they rated it one out of five, did it fail and did it fall apart and did it solve the problem? How do you help new companies conquer that mountain, Mike Bott? Yeah, I mean, I think there there are two types of people that are going to review something on Amazon. The person that had the worst experience in the world and they want to tell everyone don't buy this. And then it's the person mm-hmm. who just had this unbelievable experience that they can't help but shout from the rooftops. And you want to give that last, that second bucket of people every reason to talk about your experience. So it's, and a lot of it comes down to architecting that experience. So it's not just, here's a product, but you know, we talked about this a little bit, but it's the emotion that come with the experience of opening, a pa- uh, opening packaging or going through a process. Um, you want every touch point to just be magical. I mean, if you think about opening, you know, an iPhone or some sort of Apple product, it's an experience. A lot of those, a lot of people save the packaging for an iPhone or, or, or their MacBook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Apple's done it right because they built something that's emotional to people, and, and it's not just about the product, but it's about everything around it. Um, so I think it comes down to an attention to detail. So if you're if you're building a physical product, and all you're doing is focusing on the product, you say, oh yeah, we need to put this in a box. Well, that's, that's not really going to probably get it done. Uh, you need to think through the packaging and how you introduce them to the product and what that experience is from the moment you know, maybe they either find your product online or they see it in a store or they receive some shipment from Amazon. What does it feel like when they open the product? Are they going to want someone else? Is someone else going to want to watch what they're doing because it's so, so interesting and inspirational? I mean, it's really mm. thinking through the details of that customer experience and on the tail end, are you giving people a reason to share back that information? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's posting something on Facebook or Twitter or posting something on Amazon, are you giving, it's kind of the power of suggestion around share this positive experience you had. Thank you very much, Mike. You know what? I think we're going to go to break here, and uh, I'm talking with very interesting conversation with Kai Yeshke at Green Nature Lab, and the product, their debut product is My Spot World, very, very important to saving the world and sustainability, as Kai has spoken with us. Mike Bott, our guru of branding today, great information from Mike. He's general manager of The Brandery, an award-winning accelerator company, and Dr. Ivan Markovic, founder of Health Games, and their first product is the very exciting Movimento will help you move better monumentally. When we come back, it's going to be time for the crystal ball. We're going to talk about where do you see your companies, including the brandery, in five years? What's going to happen in the space you're in? My spot world, will it have taken a big foothold? Will we see the replenishing of the forest, Kai? In terms of Dr. Ivan Markovic, will you imagine that Movimento will be a household brand, a household name? Will you be on to your next major product? We want to know about that. And Mike, what's going to happen to the brandery? What kinds of new companies do you expect and hope to attract and help with their branding acceleration? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP, specifically the Startup Focus team. Thank you very much. We'll be right back after the break. You don't want to miss the future look. We're going to get predictions from Ivan, Kai, and Mike. We'll be right back. Michael, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for us to go and look at the future. I'm going to ask my three wonderful guests, starting with Kai Yeshke from My Spot World. Kai, five years from today, give me the overview in 90 seconds, if you wouldn't mind. We're kind of tight on time right now. Where will My Spot World be, and where will Green Nature Lab be in terms of introducing more new products to market? Kai, go. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so the, the target of my sport world is to become the, the, the brand for payback for the environment. So that means that uh, GP customers uh, for food, um, for, for technical products um, are protecting um, their products and transferring this to their consumers. The consumers can, for example, interact with uh, Twitter with um, uh, social media for every purchase that they say, I have purchased something, I have protected something, they can share that, uh, they can create groups. So we want to integrate groups that, for example, classmates can create the groups, families can create a group, uh, and they can see how they, how, how much they have protected. And of course, we want to have a bidirectional relationship between the companies or CP company and the, the consumer. That means, for example, some of the of the consumers will be uh, invited to review to really trip to the forest to the to the rainforest to to verify is that reality or is that mm. so. That means it's it's some kind of verification by the consumers. And this is increasing, um, I want to say, this is increasing the emotional bindings. This is not an NGO who makes some kind of, of trust. It's the consumer itself. And this is, of course, a big data scenario because we have millions of consumers, 10,000 of products. 
millions of square meters. Everything is connected by each other. So that means um, the brand, for example, can analyze who is his most important consumer based on his feedback uh, which the consumer has scanned. So this is in both ways. It's a marketing tool for the consumer, uh, for the CP um, uh, customer, and it's a game. It's a game with social integration. What is my behavior? So that, for example, if I invite a girl for, now I'm married, but imagine, I invite a girl <laughs> for dinner, and I say, I'm sustainable acting. And she says, show me your my spot world score. And if this is empty, she knows I'm not a sustainable guy. So this is the target in five years of my sport work. Thank you very much. I love that dating scenario. Yes, you want to look at somebody's pedigree and what their value systems are. If you don't have a good My Spot World score, I'm not having dinner with you. I don't care where. That's you got to talk to the Match.com people. Kai, you got to call Match.com right now and tell them there's a new element in the dating profile. Don't ask me how I know, of course. And now let's turn to Mike. Mike Bot. Oh, TMI. Thank you, Bonnie. Mike Bot at the Brandery. Uh, let's do a little branding prediction. Where will the Brandery be in five years? Who will be your clients? And what will be the state of marketing for startups? Will they get it in the consumer product space? Talk to me, Mike. 90 seconds, yeah. please. Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'm going to take this a different way a little bit. I, you know, I want to look at uh, consumer packaged good companies. And I think right now you know, they're being out-innovated by startups. So I think we're going to see CPG companies change their model, how they iterate um, to look more like you know, accelerators. There are going to be divisions in those companies, and it may be something that Brandery helps facilitate. Uh, but I really think some of these big players like a P&G or a Mondelez, they're starting to do it, but uh, it's taking some of those concepts of you know, 20% free time that a place like Google has, how do they apply those to uh, a place like Procter & Gamble or other CPG companies? So, uh, Hopefully we're part of, uh, of that movement as well. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point, appreciate it. And let's round it out with Dr. Ivan Markovic at Movimento. Talk to me. Five years, where will Movimento be? Ivan, dream big. Go ahead. I see here, feel, and know that the world in the preventive health arena in the five-year time frame. And we're going to do that through not only through software, but we're going to introduce our own tracker. We're going to uh, introduce our own books, uh, trainings, books, and other media related to preventive health. And uh, in this way, we're going to develop the new antidepressant that doesn't need to be approved by the FDA. Mm. And it's ever tried. Well, that's encouraging and that's hopeful. And we need more people less depressed, if I can say that. Thank you very much. I'm smiling and I'm admiring. I'm not making fun. Believe me, I know. Okay. Now, I have some predictions of my own. They're very simple. I wrote them down. Next Monday, we're going to have our show. Just restarted this, a renewal called Financial Excellence with Game Changers. You want to know about integrated business planning, about the relationship between your CFO and your CIO. Got a great show for you. Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific. Tuesdays, well, it's not Belgium, it's BizBuzz 
Plus with Game Changers, rounding out a 13-week series, last show number 13, this coming Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. Wednesday, our ongoing flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers, that I started two and a half years ago. Another great topic coming to you. Uh, next Thursday, we have Future of Business with Game Changers at 7 a.m. Pacific. It's worth getting up for, trust me. And, of course, we'll be right here at 1 p.m. Pacific with Startup Focus with Game Changers. Special thanks to my guest, Kai Yeshke from My Spot World. Appreciate your time and your insights. Mike Bott at the Brandery, all best wishes. Keep going. Keep up the good, good work. And Dr. Ivan Markovic at Movimento. Go and change the world, Ivan. A shout-out to Michelle Hickey, Tom Flanagan, Malcolm Kimberlin, and Michael and the Business Channel team. Thank you so much. This is Bonnie D. Graham with a call to action all by myself. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Go fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. That's it. This is our last show of this week for SAP Radio. We'll be back with five new fresh live shows next week. Signing off. Have a great one. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Music